A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long with a bunch of demons. Do you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no, He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God's by faith in His Son. Right? Two Corinthians, three seven. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 85. <clears throat> I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. Um, so today I want to just kind of talk about uh, some, maybe one of my pet peeves in, uh, in the religious world, um, maybe even my pet peeves with Pentecostalism. So, um, <clears throat> for those of you, excuse me, who don't know, I came out of, uh, the vineyard movement. I was, when I first got saved, um, I mean, I, I wasn't involved in any real church at the time that I got saved. I, I became part of a Presbyterian church that kind of had a, a Gen X facade to it. Um, probably would have been better off if I had just stayed in a, a traditional Presbyterian church. But the way they had contemporary Christian music and and stuff and a lot of drama stuff and so on, I really liked it. But there there was some solid uh, teaching. But when I moved away from Utah and I got to Colorado, I was drawn into the vineyard because of it had the same face that the other church was part of. And so I wasn't really 
uh, developed in my, my theology. Um, I wasn't really, I was very, still a very immature Christian. And so my growth came in some, some, I mean, I won't say it was horrible teaching. I would never say my pastor at the time, Alex Ackerman, who's a, who is, I mean, I don't agree with uh, the overarching premise of the theology, but I would never call Alex a false teacher. Um, I learned a lot from him and I, I respect him and I love the man. Um, but the overall theology in the vineyard and in that movement was not great and it became worse. And to the point where I was finally forced out because we had pastors who were preaching sermon series from uh, books. And I was guilty of that. I had a pastor, knew a pastor that preached a sermon series from the shack, which at the time I knew was absolute heresy. But I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could criticize him much because I had, and it, luckily I've taken all of them off of, of the internet. There's probably still out there somewhere. But I literally did a sermon series, a Sunday morning church worship series on Erwin McManus's book, The Barbarian, uh, what was it? Something, something about barbarians, the barbarian way. So again, you can see where there's some issues. I mean, when you've got people who are preaching Sunday morning out of something other than the Bible, yeah, and, and so on. But, so I came out of that, but there were some things that um, I mean, the vineyard was not one that thinks that speaking in tongues is absolute proof of your salvation, but it was very emphasized trying to literally trying to teach people how to speak in, in ecstatic tongues in essentially teaching people to speak gibberish. Um, but they didn't go as far as like assemblies of God that says, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Right. And so tongues never really bothered me, you know, contemporary worship, although it's not my, my favorite form of worship now, I would much rather have hymns and so on. Uh, but I mean, our pastor still uses a guitar and we've had drums in the past. I don't know that we would get rid of drums completely. I just don't think we have a drummer right now. But so the, that, that stuff, but we're singing more hymns and, and more psalms and stuff like that. I mean, I have a, I have a brother, Pastor Callie, who, who will make it clear that in, as far as he's concerned, if it's not a psalm, it is secular music. And there's an argument to be made there. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to forego some of the, the really good sovereign grace and, and, and other hymns and, and so on. But I can I can see where his point is, and but there's some really bad stuff that's that's passed off as worship music. But those things don't bother me. Here are my my three biggest problems with Pentecostalism, and then we're going to talk about one in sp specifically as it kind of plays into our political sphere today. My number one and my biggest uh, pet peeve in the Pentecostal movement is faith healers. That's my number one, because there is a predatory nature to those guys, Todd White, Benny Hinn, uh, Todd Bentley, um, that is is absolutely disgusting, um, that is absolutely blasphemous in the predatory nature of these men, because usually it comes with 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 digging into someone's pocketbook or it comes with deception or in Todd Bentley's case, it comes with with unjustified, I mean, there's never justified, with, with outright disgusting violence. 
mean, Todd Bentley was like kicking people in the face and in the stomach and, and so on to heal them. What? You know, Todd White with his, his parlor trick lengthening legs that even has moved into people that I know and love that I've watched them do the same thing. You are deceiving people. I mean, you are literally using a parlor trick that I've watched atheists on YouTube reproduce exactly to try to, to, to draw people somehow into a relationship with Christ. And they're not really preaching the gospel to them afterwards. I mean, we almost saw some repentance out of Todd White earlier this year, but then he flipped right back and went right back down the same track. But at least he's watching and listening to guys like Ray Comfort. I mean, I, I, I hope he'd pick up a, a couple of Vody Balcom uh, sermons or something like that. But So that's the first one, faith healers, these charlatans, snake oil salesmen, and so on. Do I believe that God can heal? Yes. Do I believe that we should pray for people to be healed? Absolutely. I mean, James tells us that if any of you is, is sick, call the elders of the church and they should go and anoint you with no oil. And the prayers of the righteous man uh, availeth much. Do I believe that God heals everybody that gets prayed for? No. Do I heal, believe that he does heal some people? Absolutely. But do I believe that men like Benny Hinn and Todd White and Todd Bentley have the ability to heal people on the spot all the time? Absolutely not. These men are charlatans and they should be avoided. They are wolves and they should be driven out of the camp. Second would be um, date setters. And the second ones kind of fall into the third category, the third one as well, but I set them aside because all you people that are talking about, and since I was born, since 1974, I have, I have lived through, I kid you not, over 70, I think I, I counted them the other day, 73, I think it was, I, I, I forgot, I did a, a podcast on it, it's, it's somewhere back there, I don't remember which episode it is either, <laughs> but uh, I did a podcast about date setting and, and, and another end times prediction that was supposed to happen, you know, December 12th, and here we are, we're still here. Um, or maybe it's supposed to be December 12th of 2021. That's what it is. So we got another one coming up, but that's neither here nor there. But all these people who want to just start, you know, predicting the date of the rapture or when Jesus is going to come back and all this stuff, when literally the Bible makes it clear, it says in the Bible, no man knows. No man knows the date or the hour of the son's return. Only the father. Quit trying to figure it out. Stop busting your back with like weird, crazy Howard Camping, Harold Camping mathematics, trying to figure out when Jesus is coming back and then putting up billboards and crap like that. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get through at least 10 of my, uh, you know, nine raptures, get the 10th one free cards before Jesus actually does come back. Do I believe Jesus is coming back? Absolutely, I do. Am I concerned with when? I think the Bible says we can know the time or the season. But those people who are kept, keep trying to give me a date, stop it. Knock it off. You're false prophets and uh, you will fall into the, the category of false prophets, which is my third thing, my, my third pet peeve. And uh, 
and that is false prophets. So I need to, I forgot to add this picture. So real quick, just bear with me while I go back here and I get this Bible verse for us because I'm going to put it up and then we're going to talk about these false prophets. And that's what I really want to talk about mostly today. Um, for the most of today is I want to talk about false prophets as my third pet peeve within the, uh, within the Pentecostal movement and within the greater, uh, Christian, uh, sphere at large. And, and I'll talk about why I say that that way. Wow. That came, that's pretty big. Um, for those of you who have bad eyesight like me and for the rest of you, I'm going to shrink that down so you can see the whole thing. Um, so hopefully y'all saw it and, and read it. Well, you could now I'm pretty sure most of you can see it still um, Deuteronomy 18 20 through 22 but the prophet who presumes to speak in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods that prophet that same prophet shall die and if you say in your heart how may we know that the word of the Lord has not spoke the word that the Lord has not spoken when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord if the word does not come to pass or come true that is a word that the Lord has not spoken the prophet has not spo has spoken spoken it presumptuously you need not be afraid of him so this is the bible's warning against false prophets and ultimately, at one point in time, and most of these guys that we're going to talk about today are really lucky that we are no longer called to uh, stone those false prophets. Because Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sin, we no longer find ourselves in the, in the uh, executing the penalty of the law. Do I think that, that most of the law is still a, a good idea? choosing my words wisely. I don't know that I'm a full-blown theonomist that I think we are, or what most people consider as theonomy. Most people think that if you say you're a theonomist, that you believe that the entire law of Israel should be uh, effective today. And, and uh, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Dang it. Applied to the church today. I don't think the entire law is, is, uh, uh, concerns us today. There, I mean, we, we have the breakdown. The moral law, I think, absolutely. You know, thou shalt not kill, the Ten Commandments and so on, and then uh, different, you know, things. And, you know, I think they're, 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 it's a good basis for what our laws should be based on and in the world today. But I don't think we are free because of what Christ did to fulfill the law. We are not free to bring about that same execution of the penalty of that law. We leave it available for people to repent. Now, do I believe that murderers could in capital and capital punishment? Absolutely. I do. Do I think that should be across the board to all the things in the old Testament law that, that should have been, capital punishment. No, I don't think rebellious teenagers need to be put to death. I don't think homosexuals need to be put to death unless they are violating, perpetrating on, on children or something like that. And I'm all for the death penalty against pedophiles and so on. I firmly believe Epstein should have been killed, but I firmly believe Epstein didn't kill himself. The government should have taken care of that, which they probably did, just not telling you they did. But so there, there's a little bit, but, 
But there, luckily, because, again, because of what Jesus did, Jesus died and paid the penalty for sin. So uh, we no longer have to worry about putting false prophets to death. They still have the opportunity to repent and be forgiven by Christ. And then we can see them and, and worship in eternity with them. But the problem is, is if these men don't repent, well, then they're going to, they're going to be those that stand before Jesus when he says, and say, did we not do these things in your name? And they'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Right? They'll say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Were we not the ones that said Trump was going to win another election? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. And those are the specific prophets we're going to talk about today. And there's probably a whole lot more. I found this video on YouTube. And I mean, I've heard a lot of these guys say what they said, Paula White and so on. I've already done False Teachers of the Week episodes on, on a lot of these guys. And the rest of them in this video will find themselves on that list. And I will break down each one of these folks individually at some point in time. But we're going to look at them as a whole for a minute here. So we just went through the election. Donald Trump lost. We're not going to argue whether he lost fair and square, but January 21st, Joe Biden will be our president. Right now, he is our president-elect. He will be our pre president-elect has no power. He can't do anything as a president-elect. Let's get that, that clear. He does not have the ability to, to, to be the executive branch until he is inaugurated. Then he has the authority of the president. Donald Trump is still the president until uh, Joe Biden's inauguration. So we'll get that out of the way. But there were a whole lot of people who took a whole lot of time to make a whole lot of predictions and claiming that God told them that Donald Trump was going to win this election. And the reality is it makes every single one of them false prophets. And the reality is, is the majority of them were already known to be false prophets before they made these predictions. But I want to look at a few of them. And a uh, little video we got here that uh, I don't know who made it. I got it off of YouTube. Um, I should probably give credit where credit is due. But uh, yeah, his, his stuff is, uh, I think his logo and stuff is on there. So the credit is there. I'm telling you, I did not make this video. Um, it was just easier to find somebody that had already put them all together in a, in a compilation rather than to break down and piece them all apart and put them all together myself. So, um, yes, I'm admitting that I was lazy. And uh, But with that, let's take a look at some false prophets who uh, want you to know that Donald Trump is going to win this next election. So I'm going to let it play. I might stop here and there and break down a little bit, but uh, I just want to... I want to play it and then discuss why this is important, um, especially for us, those of us who um, are within orthodoxy of Christianity. So here we go. Maybe. I want to say without question, Trump is going to win the election. So there's Pat Robertson. Um, I mean, this guy's been known to be a false prophet. He's been making false prophecies for thousand well not thousands of years uh for for decades <laughs> that's what i'm looking for um even way back when he said you know it wasn't a really a prophecy but this was the guy that was saying that that the the name kiss for the band kiss meant knights in satan's service and uh, no it didn't 
Pat. But so yeah, he's been he's been making false prophecies for decades. The Lord said to me, I am going to give your president a second win. Okay, so that's uh Pastor Denise Goulet, um, which she's not a pastor. Um Bible doesn't allow for female pastors, but uh she actually made this prediction, made this prophecy. God told me that I'm going to give your president another win while Donald Trump was at her church. That's, that's pretty convenient that you're getting that prophecy while he's there. Um, I wonder if he, he uh, wrote a large check for the offering. But Trump will win. He well, will be president of the United States. He will sit in that office for four more years and God will have his way in this country. Donald Trump. Okay, that's Kat Kerr. And I actually watched part of that video and it went on to say, essentially, it was almost a threat that those on the other side may not even have, those who oppose Trump may not even have a future. Kind of scary um, when you consider it. I mean, she was talking to somebody from the Elijah list or whatever. But, you know, again, making this prophecy that Donald Trump will sit in that. And this came after the election that I think that prediction came in like December. This false prophecy came in December um, and they were basically going, we're not giving up. It's not over. Blah, 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 blah. Now, this is Greg Locke. This is our famous, uh, you know, uh, Starbucks doesn't put uh, Christmas on their cups anymore. So we probably shouldn't drink coffee at Starbucks. You shouldn't drink coffee at Starbucks because it's bad. The coffee is bitter always and it's not good. Don't drink coffee at Starbucks. Go somewhere else where they make good coffee. But don't boycott Starbucks because they don't put Christmas on their cups. Go because their coffee is horrible. My opinion. Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Will be it. By an absolute landslide. Ouch. Eight-year presidency? Absolutely. Absolutely, we will. Uh, you're sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that because I think what's going to happen is, is that when people see the good that the country's coming into right now, the prosperity, the jobs, the economy, whatever the case may be, there's going to be no doubt he's going to sail right in for the first, second term. Now, I want you to shoot this out the way I want it. Donald Trump will win the election with a slight split edge over Joe Biden. So quote me, and I want it to be out before time. I saw. Okay, so now here we got to talk about a couple of things. Apparently, God is telling Greg Locke in a prophetic word that Donald Trump is going to win by a landslide, but this other dude, he's telling him, "Oh, Donald Trump's going to win by just a very slim margin." Does God not know? And, and, you know why? Why is there the confusion between God's prophets? That President Trump. Is, is reelected, and then I saw that then the, the uh, system, the system that was intact, that he's, he's found he's been fighting against, he is going to take things out by the root. So I'm praying for him. I hope he gets reelected. I believe that he's going to get reelected. You know, I believe that's what God showed me, and I'm standing on that. I'm not backing down from that, that he was going to do two terms. He's going to win again easily. I declare Psalm 89, verse 21. Let your hand establish President Trump and let your arm strengthen him. I declare Psalm 98.1 that your right hand and your holy arm will give him. Okay. 
I've already done one episode on Paula White, and just this crap makes me want to do another one. Don't go removing, replacing names in the Bible with Trump, okay? This is that whole thing that you can take anywhere where the Bible talks about this, and you can put your name in there and blah, 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 blah. Where the Bible is talking about you, it is talking about you as someone who is sinning, uh, 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 a wretched sinner in need of a savior. Everything else about the Bible is pointing to Christ as our savior, as the one we need to turn to in repentance and faith. Stop putting your name in there. And definitely stop putting, don't put it on the screen and take the words of, the, of, of God's, the, the, the text of God's word and manipulate it to say Trump. I don't care what, unless you're putting in there, Donald Trump is a sinner that needs to repent, then don't do it. Victory. We declare victory in the name of Jesus. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. For I hear victory, 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 victory in the quarters of heaven. In the quarters of heaven. Victory, 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 victory. And I prophesied that he would um, not be impeached and the fact that he would win another term. And I was completely wrong. I take full responsibility for being wrong. There's no excuse for it. I, I think it, um, it doesn't make me a false prophet, but it does actually create a credibility gap. Okay. Now, here, credit where credit is due. Chris Vallotton is the only one who's come out of these guys and said, I was wrong. All the rest of them are still kind of doubling down on their, their prophecies and, and getting more and more scary in the way that they're revealing it. But, but one, Chris... Yes, it does make you a false prophet. When a prophet speaks in my name, and the Lord, if the word he does, word does not come, I got, I got to move this up so we can see it. But the prophet who presumes, uh, let's go back. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if a word does not come to pass or true, that word is the the word that the prophet, the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. So again. The reality is, is yes, Chris, you are a false prophet. You gave a prophecy. You said God spoke to you and then you were wrong. It means you're a false prophet. Stop it. Walk away from the prophetic ministry. One, there is no prophetic ministry. Does God still use the gift of prophecy today? I think so. I believe so. I believe the gifts still exist and so on. But it doesn't happen all the time, and it's not given to one individual person. I think God does the does prophecy the same way that He does healing, and it's it's done just as He wills through whatever Christian He's going to use at that given time. But there is no prophetic ministry anymore. There's no prophetic office. There's no one person that carries the title of prophet and speaks exclusively for God. We've seen it in this video. Just with the, the, the contradictions themselves. God doesn't com contradict himself. God is not the author of confusion. And yes, Chris, you are a false prophet because you spoke a word that you said God told you and it was wrong. But then the big problem is, is this video that he made where he was repenting essentially and apologizing, he deleted it. It's gone. It's not on YouTube anymore. It's not in his channel. He deleted it. So... If you're, if you're going to repent and then recant that repentance, yeah, it's not repentance.
And a lot of, a lot of people trust me, trust my ministry. And um, I want to say that I'm very sorry for everyone who put their trust in me. Son of man, do you think that I am going to allow my prophets who prophesied Trump's second term and prophesied with all this goodness coming to this nation to be mocked by a mass media manipulation? The Lord says, no, I shall not. For my namesake, I shall protect my word. I shall protect my people. I shall protect my prophets. He wrote to... Okay, now, at the beginning of that, was he was he saying that God spoke to him and called him son of man? Because I think that's one of Christ's titles, and so that was a little confusing. But God didn't protect his prophets. He didn't, this was not his word. It's obvious that none of this is his word. His followers, quote, either a lying spirit has filled the mouths of numerous trusted prophetic voices in America, or Donald J. Trump really has won the presidency. I hear the sound of victory. 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 Really I hear the Paul sound Light. of victory. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound of victory. Okay, so there you go. And I would say that Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson, whatever that dude's name was, there is a lying spirit that has filled the mouths of these people who claim to be prophets and over and over and over. And that was the, that was the issue with, with the vineyard that I had and the whole issue of words of knowledge and prophetic words and stuff like that was because so many of them were wrong. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I have repented many, many times of claiming to have a prophetic word from God, whether they came to pass or not. I, I, I'm not a prophet. I don't have the gift of prophecy and I never should have put myself in that place. And these people need to walk away from it. Does God still give prophetic words? I think so. I think so. I think it's rare. I, that's why they're called miracles. It's one of the only places that I'll agree with Mark Driscoll today. It's why they're called miracles and not Wednesday. Does God still heal people? Yes. Miraculously? Yes. Does God still prophetically reveal people to some things to some people for whatever his reasoning is? Yes. You know, I, I still think there are a couple of times where I can say, I feel like God said something to me. It came true. But, but again, I mean, those are not things that I put out there, you know, especially not as radical as, as predicting the, the president, stuff like that. And then maintaining that and, I mean, almost threatening those on the other side, which Kat Kerr did. You know, there are two things that, that I can say that I, I believe God kind of revealed to me in a prophetic manner that came to pass. pass. One, he said, my wife, when I was still, still living here in Salt Lake City, I felt like God said, your wife is in you in Colorado. And so I moved back to Colorado and I met my wife and we got married. And another thing that I felt like was was something that God said, uh, was that your first child will not be your own. And my, my daughter is not my own. She's, she was a gift from God, adopted as an embryo. My wife got to carry her, all that stuff. But still, I mean, so I, I do believe in the gifts. I do believe that God has, is still giving miraculous gifts on a, on a miraculous basis. But I don't believe these people who claim that they they have a a control over these gifts, that they are healers or uh, tongue speakers or whatever. That's not that's not true. 
And so these people, they're, they're all false prophets. And here's the thing, and here's why I wanted to bring this out and make it uh, an issue. Because Christian, the world doesn't differentiate between you and them. They see Paula White making these false prophecies or Pat Robertson or any of these people in this video, Chris Valentin and so on. They see them making these false prophecies. They immediately link them to you. And part of the problem is, is there's not enough of us as Christians that are willing to call out by name false prophets. Romans 16, 17. 16, 17 or 16, 16, 17. Paul says, I appeal to you, brother, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. In the King James, it says, mark those who cause divisions. We need to be calling out by name and making a distinct uh, separation between us as Orthodox Christians and those who are false teachers and false prophets. It's why I do a false prophet of the week episode every week. It's why I do this podcast dealing with whether it's Mormonism or false prophets or date setters or anything like that. Because I believe we, we need to make a distinction between those who are Orthodox Christians and those who are false teachers. So that when the world sees this, they know that we are making... A, a distinct separation. They are not of us. They are false teachers. We do not, we don't, and we don't associate with them. Avoid them, Paul says. We put them outside of the camp and we make sure that they know so that when the world sees that, they don't associate the two of us together. Because it is, like Chris Valentin said, it creates a credibility issue. And that credibility issue when the world doesn't see a difference between them and us, that credibility issue falls on us as well for those who are out there trying to preach the gospel of Christ because they see us as the same nut jobs that these people are. The same charlatans, the same predators that these people are. And we need to make a distinction. We need to make a distinction between those who are wolves and those who are not. I mean, this isn't even a separation of sheep and goats. These people are wolves. These people are enemies of the cross. And they need to be pointed out. They need to be identified. They need to be mocked and rebuked and avoided at all costs. And that's why I think this is important. And that's why I did this episode. So I hope you found it helpful. I hope it was good. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.